Good morning, everybody. It's great to have you here with us. Let's all stand up and sing. Our first song is called Our God. Turn into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no
bow your heads and pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for that awesome power that you have and the, just the way that you carry us through the day, Lord. We open our hearts up to you this morning and we just welcome your Holy Spirit into our lives. Lord, we thank you for the chance to worship you. We hold that as, as just an honor. We love you, Lord. Amen. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship Every moment I'm 
see who that is sitting behind you and children we invite you to come up and join us for a few moments of sharing Good to see everyone here today. I have something here in my hand. Do you guys know what this is? Toothpaste. Toothpaste, yeah. And I'm going to show you something this morning about this toothpaste. It's going to be part of our lesson, okay? So I'm going to have to set this microphone down, okay? So what did I do with that toothpaste? Squirted it out. Yeah, I squirted it all out so the tube of toothpaste is empty now. Okay, I need a helper. Let's see, who can be helper? Morgan, okay? I want you to sit right here. Come on, scoot on up. Okay, now I need your help. I want you to get this pile of toothpaste that I just squirted out, and I need you to put it right back in this tube. Can you do that? Is that a trick question? I don't think that's possible, is it? No. Well, the reason I'm showing this to you today, thank you, is today's lesson is um, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about the words that come out of our mouths. 
And did you know that the very same thing is true about words we speak? In our example that we just did with this toothpaste that was squirted out of the, t the, the tube. Have you ever said something that hurt someone's feelings and you heard them say, you can you take that back? That really hurt my feelings. You know, because once we say things, we really, they're said and you can't take them back. So with this tooth of toothpaste, we need to remember that. We need to be very careful about the things we say. The Bible tells us, he who holds his tongue is wise. Okay? Now, there's something else you guys may have heard. Have you heard of the children's rhyme that says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names can never hurt me? Have y'all heard that? I've heard it on television before. Yeah. You probably have heard but, you know, that sounds nice, but do you, it's not so true, is it? Words can hurt. And the Bible reminds us that reckless words pierce like a sword, okay? Our words can cut like a knife. They can hurt others, and we all know God hears every word we say, and he knows every thought we have in our mind. It is very important for us to be careful about the things we say and think. So just like this toothpaste that's here, remember, when we don't think we're going to say such kind words, once you say them, we can't take them back, okay? So let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Lord, help us remember that the words that our mouths speak be kind to one another. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight my strength and my redeemer. Help us remember each day, once we have said these words that we cannot take them back. So help us each day to make our words pleasing to you. In your name we pray, amen. Good morning. It's good to see everybody today as we've come for this time of worship. Uh, if you are a visitor with us today, uh, let me make sure that you understand that everyone uh, is invited to the Lord's table for communion. Uh, you're included. Uh, we don't leave anybody out. If it's covered dish, you're also included for that too. But today it's not covered dish. It is uh, communion. And the way we receive communion here is if you will come by the outside aisles, it'll be the best thing toward the center. And there will be two stations here. Uh, someone will, will uh, be holding the bread and someone will be holding the juice. And you will take a piece of the bread and dip it in the cup, please, and then take communion. Um, I need to say this to the children because it really, I get tickled at the children. They hear us talking about um, body and blood, and they get a little freaked out when we invite them to come up here. Um, children, these are symbols to help us remember Jesus' body and blood, but it's good old bread and good old grape juice. So I uh, hope that you'll feel free also, children, to share the Lord's Supper as we remember um, uh, God's love for us. If you have a, a special 
prayer concern this morning that you'd like to share with us and have us join you in prayer, we invite you to indicate this by raising your hand and we will get you a uh, visitor's, uh, not a visitor's card, a prayer card. Uh, a prayer card here in a moment and if you will write something down that you don't mind my repeating, we'll share that concern together. Announcements for today. <clears throat> Kids, join us tonight for our regular Sunday night programs from 5.30 to 7. And also, please remember, all first through fifth graders are invited to join Miss Jessica in the social hall at 5 p.m. for children's handbells. Join us for a church family fun night at Greenville Road Warriors hockey game. Um, we have a block of seats reserved for Friday, March the 2nd. Tickets are $8 each, and the game starts at 7.35. Deadline to register for this is this Tuesday, February the 28th, so please remember that. Reserve your tickets today by signing up on the outside of the Family Life Center or see Katie Jeter or Wayne or Christy Morris if you have any questions. The group is going to meet for dinner before the game at 6 p.m. at Fuddruckers, if that uh, interests you. So uh, uh, otherwise, you'll be meeting at the uh, hockey game, I guess, itself. Um, United Methodist men announcement. The United Methodist men invite all men, their fathers, sons, sons-in-law, grandsons, nephews, and friends to the Men of Valor 2012 retreat, March 31st through April the 1st, at Hickory Knob State Park on Lake Thurman. Cost is $85. This is a fantastic opportunity for fellowship that no one should miss. Please see Eric Jeter to register or with questions and concerns. Deadlines for registration is March the 18th, so don't miss out. Uh, at nine o'clock, please call on Marsha Mays to make an announcement <laughs> for the cross-training Sunday school class. I'm back. I guess y'all are a tough crowd. I don't know. Nobody else wanted to sign up. But um, I wanted to invite you all to come to our um, dinner that we're having in a couple of weeks. This is replacing the midwinter dinner that usually is in February. So just don't move it just a month on your calendar so you can all get tickets in the back um, before and after each service. We had a taste testing last night. Brett and Casey Hovis were kind enough to have us all over to their house last night. And we all sampled the menu, and it was delicious. So please come buy tickets. Even though we would like to have a lot of leftovers, we really would like to sell tickets to help the budget. So um, if you have any questions or silent auction items you want to donate, see one of us. We'll be happy to help you. And um, I hope to see you there. Tickets are in the back, $10 each. Oh, and I forgot, child care and food for your kids is provided. So yay. <laughs> Free babysitting, sir. All right, we'll see you there. Now the not so newlywed game, all right. Um, let's see, I'm also gonna be calling on uh, Katie for an announcement this morning. And as she comes, let me remind you that the teenagers are in the back selling um, sweatshirts or hoodies. Both, okay. Aha, uh -huh. and this is to raise money for their uh, mission trip coming up this summer. 
Good morning. I just wanted to invite you all to visit SamaritansPurse.org. There is a wonderful article um, and some beautiful pictures that I would love for you to see. Leanna and her family took the check from her dinner um, and gave it to Samaritan's Purse. So please go and look at that article. Leanna, we are so proud of you. If you have your prayer card completed, if you lift, lift it up so we can uh, collect them. Did I forget any announcement? <coughs> we'll collect our prayer cards and join our hearts in prayer. Confirmation class is uh, again this afternoon for uh, the youth that have joined that class. We had an interesting time last uh, Sunday evening. I learned so much during confirmation. I really do. I learn how old I am, among other things. Because <laughs> they'll gladly tell me. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, we are thankful that Jesus came into this world and that he was in every way one of us who was tempted as we are, who feared death as we do, who struggled to have faith as we do. What a friend we have in Jesus. And these are our special prayers for this day. <clears throat> we pray for our troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones, we give you thanks for Paul's continued healing. We pray for Nancy Kiefer and her family, for Erin Burris, for her health. We pray for a job opportunity. We pray for Paxton, a friend's baby who was born at just over one pound. We give you thanks for a blessed answer to many prayers. And we pray for continued uh, strength while pursuing medical options, diagnosis, and treatment. We pray for Roger Smith's good test results. We pray for a, a safe flight home for parents coming home today. And Lord, there is this unspoken prayer request as well. You know that prayer. We pray for the Thomas and Chapman family. We pray for the Estes family and the loss of their teenage daughter. We pray for caring and healing for Martha Gibson and Marilyn and Mike Huss. We pray for Mar Molly Spurgeon, a first grade teacher who's battling cancer. We remember in our prayers, Lord, baby Jude, we thank you for answered prayer and abundant blessings. We pray for Anita Davis who has been diagnosed with cancer. We pray for a friend named John. We pray for Mike P, for their families and their time of loss. We pray for Mike Baird as he fights stage four cancer. We pray for Nancy Kiefer and family. We pray for those who are sick. 
And we pray especially for our youth mission team as they prepare themselves for their summer mission work. Lord, we pray for healing for Jane Berg and Ann Hoffman. Lord, these are our prayers that we offer to you in the name of Jesus who has taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Scripture lesson is Mark 1, verses 9 through 15. <clears throat> At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Here ends the lesson. <clears throat> the season of Lent has always been the most important uh, season of the Christian year for the church. This is because Lent marks the final days of Jesus upon this earth, and it concludes with the crucifixion and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. From our vantage point as Christians, these are the most important events to have ever occurred in all of human history because it is through those events that God has won our salvation. This, uh, this all-important season of Lent always begins with a time of personal examination and the scripture that is usually paired with this is the story of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness because for Jesus, this was a time of self-examination and self-discovery as he prepared to launch his ministry. In the early days of the church, Lent was a time when new converts were uh, taught the facts of the faith, and on Easter they were baptized and welcomed into the membership. And when we hold our confirmation classes this time of year, we're sort of following in, in that pattern. But Lent was also a time when backsliders were brought back into the church. I've got a Baptist preacher friend that says that, you know, Baptists don't believe in backsliding, but they practice it all the time. Well, we admit to it. People fail, and, and we do deny our Lord sometimes. And uh, some people in those day, days denied their Lord at the point of a sword. And they felt real bad about that later, as you can imagine. And the church felt bad for them. And so there was a prescribed way of getting those people back into the fellowship after, um, after a time of repentance. 
So if you feel like you have really failed your Lord in the past year, Lent can be a time of uh, being reclaimed, if you wish, a time of new beginning with you and your faith walk. We're told that Jesus' testing occurred immediately following his baptism. His struggles came on the heels of a very, very high moment spiritually, and that's so often the way it is in our lives, isn't it? Spiritual highs and lows come together like mountains and valleys coexist side by side. Jesus had indeed had a very high moment. When he was baptized by John in the Jordan, he saw the heavens ripped open. That's the word that Mark uses. The heavens were ripped open, torn open. That choice of words I find fascinating because it, it seems to indicate a violence, a bursting forth of the Holy Spirit from heaven to come upon Jesus. It was as if heaven itself was just poised to, to move out when the time came and, and God was at the very door of eternity of heaven to come to our, our aid so that the work of the kingdom might begin. It's very inspiring, I think, to think about the fact that God's spirit is just as poised and prepared to open the heavens uh, by tearing to come to your aid and to your life as well. The slightest turn toward God is met by the rushing of the Holy Spirit to you who comes to welcome you to a closer relationship with God. So Mark tells us that Jesus saw heaven being torn and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Mark doesn't tell us that anyone else saw that. Uh, other, other gospel stories tell us that John saw this as well. But Jesus especially heard these things and experienced these things. Uh, and we can infer from that that these events were entirely, a very entirely personal event for Jesus, something that he felt deep down. It really didn't matter who else experienced it or saw it. Jesus knew what he saw and heard, and that's all that really mattered. It's always nice when others can offer their testimony to some spiritual event to back your experience up. But what really makes a spiritual experience valid is that we ourselves know it is. We have something inside of us that says this is real. We United Methodists have always talked about the witness of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, assuring us that we're God's children. We know it in our hearts, and that's all we need to settle it. Many years ago, I met a United Methodist pastor who told our youth group, about his experience of coming to faith in Christ. Uh, an experience that not only led him to Christ, but later led him to become an ordained minister. He told us that on a Sunday night, when we used to have church services back in the dark ages on Sunday nights, he was about to fall asleep during a specially dull sermon. No, I was not his pastor. But he leaned back and put his head against the pew and began staring at his favorite light bulb. You know how that is. He said suddenly that night as he was staring at his favorite light bulb, Jesus stepped out of that light bulb and came to him. It seemed so very real to him. It really shook him up. 
He went to the altar of the church that night and gave his life to Jesus. And that man went on to have a spectacular ministry, a successful ministry. So you tell me, did he see Jesus step out of that light bulb and come to him? It was a deeply personal experience for him, but it was also very real to him. And that really is all that mattered. The heavens were torn open and Jesus was baptized and Jesus heard a voice and he saw the spirit. And that's all that mattered really. This was the starting gun for Jesus's ministry. It was time for him to get going. And as he approached the end of his earthly life, he spoke about another baptism. But this was not a baptism in water or the spirit. It was a baptism unto death for us. Then we're told that the Holy Spirit led Jesus out into a hot, lonely, desolate place in the desert for a very long time because that's what 40 days means. If my daddy had been telling you this story, he would have said that Jesus was in the desert for 40 days. That's a long time. There, led by the Spirit, Jesus was tested and, and tempted by Satan. Mark doesn't tell us anything about those temptations like Matthew and Luke later tell us. It seems enough for Mark to let you know that Jesus was a person who was able to be tempted in testing. He really wants you to know that. Some people in the early church had a lot of trouble accepting the fact that Jesus was at all human. You know, he was God's son. He was divine. They had trouble believing that Jesus really suffered and died. It was a challenge for them to hear that Jesus was able to be tempted. So Mark makes that point very clear. Jesus may have been God's son, but he was in flesh, in human body and mind. He was therefore able to be tempted in every way just as you are and as I am. He was tempted, according to Matthew and Luke, to misuse his personal power for gain, to feed his stomach while ignoring spiritual needs, to turn completely away from God and serve the devil instead. His hunger for food was a source of temptation. His desire for power and popularity, even notoriety, were other sources of temptation, major temptations to be sure. There was a very old tradition in ancient Judaism that understood the devil's role in our lives to be that of the tester. We see that most clearly in the book of Job. The tester came to test Job's faith and Jesus's faith underwent a similar time of testing. Now, back when I was in uh, elementary and junior high and high school, our teachers would tell us that tests were not only for grades, they were also to tell us how well we'd mastered the subject and how much we still had to learn. So often they would give us practice tests that didn't count for our grades, but would shake you up and make you realize you better go home and study. Jesus was taken to a very isolated, lonely place inhabited only by wild animals, where he could be given a practice test. If the Son of God, endowed by the Spirit's power, should fail a test, 
it would appear that the Holy Spirit had Jesus so far removed from populated areas that he would not do any harm until there was time to rescue him. And this was a real time of, of testing. Jesus could have failed, and if he had failed, it could have been catastrophic to you and me. That he didn't fail says a great deal about Jesus and his strength of character. How did this testing occur? Matthew and Luke tell us about Jesus seeing a high tower of the temple from which he was tempted to jump. They tell us about a very high place, a mountain so high that enabled him to see all the kingdoms of the world. But where was Jesus actually? He was still there in the desert in the company of the wild animals. And so these temptations for Jesus were just like our temptations. They always begin in your mind. A thought enters our heads and it's so delightful, so tempting. We play with the thought and we entertain it in our minds and it grows stronger and stronger. That is what happened with Jesus also. But he knew the antidote. He knew that God's message in scripture was the answer to whatever he was facing in life. So after a time of lengthy testing, Jesus returned from the desert and apparently waited a short time before beginning his ministry. It wasn't until John was locked away in prison that Jesus began preaching. There must have been a huge void in people's lives and Jesus moved into that void preaching, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news that God will forgive you and will accept you. This morning as we come for our time of communion in a few minutes, we invite you to remember that Jesus still preaches that the kingdom of God is right here with us and we can change our ways and believe that God will forgive us, we can believe the good news. Amen. I invite you now to stand and affirm your faith in God using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. You may be seated. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors 
and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As forgiven and reconciled people, let us offer ourselves and our gifts to God at this time.
I invite you to join me in the great thanksgiving, which I will read rapidly due to the hour. <laughs> the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ by the baptism of his suffering, death and resurrection you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. 
By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your, holy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. I invite you now to come.
I believe what we're going to do is sing a, a verse and a chorus of Take to the World as our benediction response. So I will, dis if you will stand for the benediction this time. Go forth into the world and take this good news of God's love for all. Amen. Have a great week.